0: Encyclical Letter Ubi Primum on Discipline for Religious by Pope Pius IX. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ubi Primum on Discipline for Religious To all the generals, abbots, provincials, and other superiors of the religious orders. My dear children, health and apostolic benediction. Scarcely had we been, by the sacred design of divine providence, elevated to the government of the universal church, when among the principal solicitudes of our apostolic charge, we regarded as one of the most important to extend to your pious communities the most affectionate sentiments of our paternal love, to defend and protect them all by the efforts of our zeal, and to contribute as far as in our power to their splendor and welfare. Instituted under the inspiration of the divine spirit, by men of eminent holiness, for the glory of God and the salvation of souls, confirmed by the apostolic see, they compose in their several forms that magnificent variety which invests the church with such great eclat, and constitute those auxiliary troops, chosen battalions of the soldiers of Christ, who have always been one of the finest ornaments and firmest bulwarks of religion and of the state." Called by a special grace of the deity to the profession of the counsels of evangelical wisdom, estimating all things as dust compared with the knowledge of Jesus Christ, looking down with an invincible heart upon all terrestrial things, having in their view only those of heaven, the men of these different orders have ever been occupied in excellent works, in those glorious labors which have caused them to merit so well of the Catholic Church and civilized society. No person, in fact, is ignorant, or can be ignorant, that the religious orders, even from their first institution, have been rendered illustrious by an almost innumerable multitude of men, eminent by the universality of their knowledge, the extent of their erudition, the eclat of all their virtues; by men who, beaming with the most ardent love for God and their neighbor, given as an example to the world, to angels and to men, placed all their delight in passing their nights and days in meditation and study, searching into and examining divine things, in subjecting their bodies to the mortification of Jesus Christ, in propagating from the rising to the setting sun the faith and doctrine of the Catholic Church, for it combating bravely and suffering joyfully all kinds of cruelties, torments, punishments, and deaths, Bringing savage and barbarous nations from the darkness of their errors into the light of the gospel, from the ferocity of their manners and the impurity of their vices to the practice of virtue and the manners of civilized society, in cultivating, defending, and snatching from ruin letters, the sciences, and the arts, in forming with the greatest care and from the most tender age the minds and hearts of young people to purity and good morals, in nourishing them with the most pure and healthy doctrines in leading into the path of salvation those who had the misfortune to abandon it. But this is not all. There is no description of heroic charity, even to the peril of life, for which those devoted and benevolent men have not been distinguished. Captives, prisoners, sick, poor, there is no unfortunate or afflicted to whom they have not with the most tender love yielded all the succors of opportune benevolence. There is no pain that they have not alleviated, no tears that they have not wiped away, no necessities which they have not ministered to in every mode. Behold why the fathers and doctors of the church have, with so much justice by their praises, raised to such a height those men devoted to evangelical perfection, and opposed with so much determination those who attacked them, and who carried their temerity so far as to denounce those sacred institutions as useless or dangerous to society. Behold why the Roman pontiffs, our predecessors, Always entertaining the greatest affection for the religious orders, have never ceased to defend them, to cover them with the patronage of the apostolical authority, and bestow honors and privileges upon them, well knowing what numerous advantages and what considerable benefits had at all times been conferred on the Catholic world by the religious orders. Behold why those same pontiffs, our predecessors, have felt for this important portion of our Lord's servants a solicitude so lively. That hardly could they know that the enemy had secretly sown the tares in the midst of the wheat, and that the young foxes attempted to tear up the fertile vines, when immediately, without any delay, they made every effort to extirpate and destroy everything that could prevent the good seed from yielding fruits the most agreeable and abundant. It was for this reason, without any doubt, that among all our predecessors, Clement the Eighth, Urban the Eighth, Innocent the Tenth, Alexander the Seventh, Clement the Ninth, Innocent the Eleventh, Innocent the Twelfth, Clement the Eleventh, Pius the Seventh, Leo the Twelfth, of glorious memory, did not cease by consuls the most salutary, or by decrees and constitutions the most wise, to employ all the efforts of the pontifical vigilance entirely to avert the evils which, in the sad circumstances of affairs and of the time, had crept into the religious communities, and to maintain or restore regular discipline among them. It is for this reason that we ourselves, influenced by the most ardent love which we feel towards the religious orders, have resolved, walking in the illustrious footsteps of our predecessors, and relying upon the wise decrees of the Council of Trent, session 25 of the Regulars and Religious, to direct according to the duty of our supreme apostleship and with all the reflection of our heart, our thoughts, and our cares towards your religious communities, to strengthen what may be weak, to heal what may be ill to bind up what may be broken, to place in the right way whatever may have left it, to raise up that which may have fallen, and in a manner to cause to revive everywhere, to flourish and to prosper from day to day integrity of morals, holiness of life, the observance of regular discipline, letters, holy knowledge, above all, the laws peculiar to each order. For although we rejoice greatly in the Lord to see the vast number of the children of those sacred families, applying themselves to their duty with all their strength, fully remembering their holy vocation, giving brilliant example of all the virtues, and of every kind of knowledge, walking in the illustrious footsteps of their fathers, laboring in the ministry of salvation, spreading everywhere the good odor of Jesus Christ. Yet we have been afflicted to perceive some who, having forgotten their profession and their dignity, have so fallen away from the institution that they had embraced To the great detriment of their own orders and of the faithful, that they present no longer more than the appearance and the exterior of piety, contradicting by their lives and manners the holiness, the name, and even the habit of the order which they professed. It is to you, therefore, well-beloved sons, who are the superiors of these orders, that we address this letter as a sincere testimony of our ardent wishes for you and your religious communities, in order that you may make known the design that we have formed to restore religious discipline. Our whole object in this undertaking is to adopt, with the divine aid, and to lead to a happy termination, the measures that may appear best calculated to establish and preserve in each religious family a strong, prosperous life, to secure the usefulness of the people, to extend the divine worship, and to advance more and more the glory of God. Our desire, the object of our zeal, is, above all, To be able to draw from the religious orders able and experienced laborers, as eminent for their piety as for their prudence, perfect men of God, formed to all kinds of good works, and that we may be able to apply them to the cultivation of our Lord's vineyard, to the propagation of the Catholic faith, and above all among the heathens, and in fine to the gravest and most important business of the Apostolic See. For this purpose, and in order to attain to its full extent the object of our most ardent desires, that object of so great importance for religion and for the religious orders themselves, walking in the footsteps of our predecessors, we have established a special congregation of our venerable brethren, the cardinals of the Holy Roman Church, which we have named the Congregation of the Religious State, De Statu Regularium Ordinum, in order that in so great a work we may be aided by the singular wisdom, the consummate prudence, the ability and the experience in business of our venerable brethren. But you also well-beloved sons we call upon you to take part in this great work we beseech you in the lord we exhort you we pray you joyfully to mingle your labors with the solicitude of our zeal that your order may resume its ancient dignity and the glory of its original splendor therefore because of the place that you occupy of the charge with which you are invested make every effort in order that the religious men who are subject to you Meditating seriously upon the vocation which they have received, may walk worthy of it, and apply themselves always to fulfill faithfully before God the vows they once consecrated to Him. See, then, with a vigilance which leaves nothing to be desired, that following the illustrious examples of their ancestors, observing holy discipline, flying resolutely from the pleasures of the world, its allurements and its cares, which they have renounced, they may be wholly and without interruption occupied in prayer in the meditation of celestial things, in doctrine, in reading, in the salvation of souls, according to the institution of their order. Watch with the greatest care that mortified in the flesh, vivified in the spirit, they show themselves to the people of God, modest, humble, sober, meek, patient, just, irreproachable in their morals, of an ardent charity, of a wisdom which will do them honor, giving cause of offense to no one, but to all examples of good works, so as to astonish even their enemies at having no evil to speak of them. You know perfectly what holiness, what splendor of virtue, should shine in all those who, after having entirely renounced all the charms, all the pleasures, all the seductions, all the vanities of human things, have promised and made profession to adhere but to God alone, and to His worship, in order that the Christian people, looking upon them as a mirror without stain, may receive such precepts of piety, of religion and all the virtues, that they may themselves walk with happiness and joy in the paths of the Lord. But as upon the prudent admission of novices, and upon their perfect preparation, entirely depend the stability and splendor of each sacred family, we exhort you, above all things, to examine, to form with the greatest care, the character, the mind, the manners of those who are to take a place in your order, and minutely to inquire what design, what spirit, what motive induced them to embrace a religious life. Once assured that in entering into religion they have no other object than the glory of God, the utility of the church, their own salvation, and that of others, chiefly exert all your care and industry so that during the time of their novitiate, they may be religiously formed according to the laws of your order, by excellent masters and molded as much as possible to all the virtues and to the institutions of the regular life which they have embraced. And since the principal and most brilliant glory of the most religious orders has been the study and the assiduous cultivation of letters, the composition of so many learned and laborious works, the glory of divine and human knowledge, we exhort you, we impress you, to prepare with the greatest care and ability, according to the laws of your orders, a proper and select plan of study, and to use all your efforts that your subject apply themselves with perseverance to the belles lettres and above all, to the grave study of the sacred writings, in order that, thus exciting pure doctrine, they may be able to acquit themselves with prudence and piety, both of the duties proper to their station and of the obligations of the sacred ministry." But as, above all, we wish that all those who combat in the camps of the Lord may glorify God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one unanimous voice, and that, formed in the same doctrines and in the same sentiments, they preserve with true solicitude the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, we pray of you, and we repeat our prayer with the utmost earnestness, that united by the strictest bonds of concord and charity, the most perfect agreement in mind and sentiment with our venerable brethren, the bishops and with the secular clergy, there may be nothing dearer to you in the work of the ministry than to associate your zeal and to direct all your efforts to the edification of the body of Christ, always progressing to a better state. For as there is for the regulars and seculars, and for their subjects exempt and non-exempt, but one universal church, out of which absolutely no person can be saved, As there is for all but one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, it is right that all, having but one body, should have but one will also, that as brethren they should be mutually attached to the bond of charity. Clement, Unique de Exces prelat. Such, well-beloved sons, is the advice which we have thought it right to communicate to you in this letter, that you may well appreciate the love we bear towards you and your religious communities and with what zeal we wish to maintain them in their utility, their dignity, and their splendor. We doubt not on your side you will make it your glory, in accordance with your virtue, your prudence, your piety, the excellence of your religious sentiments, and the unlimited devotion to your order, to respond in the fullest degree to our wishes, our solicitude, and our counsels. In this firm confidence, then, and all the testimony of our love, and of our devotion to you and your order, As the pledge also of all the celestial gifts from the bottom of our hearts, and with the utmost tender regard, we give you, religious men, our beloved sons, the apostolic benediction, given at Rome at St. Mary Marjorie on the 17th June, 1847, and the first year of our pontificate. End of Encyclical Letter, Ubi Primum, on discipline for Religious, by Pope Pius IX, read by Thaddeus Grable.